my effort is helping focus on my clients and giving them permission to really navigate the minefields of fashion and really understanding that they have the confidence to honor their body architecture, to celebrate their natural coloring, to um, really make sure their personality is reflected by how they dress on the outside, the confidence to be real and be authentic and really be unapologetically themselves. Are you over 40? Do you feel like you're stuck? Maybe you've always had this knowing that you're meant to do more. Well, on the other side of fear is exhilaration. Your life has purpose. You were born to make an impact. Dear Midlife is about triumphing over life's adversities together and empowering women over 40 to navigate with strength and courage all of the messiness of life. Hi, I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, full-time single mother of two teenage girls, world traveler, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired little girl living in a grown woman's body that's still full of spunk, charm, and sass with a sprinkle of some black girl magic. We are both a work in progress, and together we are here to link arms with you as we make it our mission to be our best selves and share tips, tricks, and expert advice through no-holds-barred conversations for navigating the ups and downs that come with living life in the middle. So you may not have been able to convince me of this when I was in college, but my 48-year-old self agrees with our next guest, Heather Hope, when she says that clothing is required. You know, the truth is we all get dressed every single day, and life is short, so I feel like that should be easy and fun, right? Well, personal stylist Heather Hope found the House of Color franchise when she was 40. She had a newborn son at home and a two-year-old daughter and a rewarding executive role in public relations and marketing. But she had simply lost her mojo. Through House of Color, knowing her best colors and developing her personal style has helped her to feel more confident, energetic, authentic, and visible, something that we women in midlife really struggle with. She brought the personal styling franchise to Denver two plus years ago and loves giving clients the tools to amplify their natural beauty. As women, we get so many mixed messages. You're too much. You're not enough. Her message is that you are just right, just the way you are. She loves that House of Color services and celebrates each client, helping them to rediscover their natural beauty and giving them the tools to amplify that beauty. Heather has 100 colleagues across the country who do the same work with the House of Color franchise. And without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Heather Hope. Today, we are welcoming our guest, Heather Hope, who is an image consultant and franchise owner with House of Color. Heather, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yay! Oh my it's my pleasure. Happy to be with you both, Shelby and Trinity. Wonderful. Happy to have you. Yes, we're super enthusiastic to hear a little bit more about you know who you are and your journey to this place where you get such a special job. Your job is to <laughs> help to empower women really 
be and feel like their best selves. And what an amazing and exciting job that must be for you. And I would love to hear a little bit more about your journey to this place and how you find yourself in such a, a wonderful and exciting position. Absolutely. And I will begin with the caveat that I, and you know me, I am absolutely not a fashionista. Um, so it's funny that I'm <laughs> in God. the realm of image <laughs> consulting, but really I just, dis, I actually dislike shopping. I find that it's actually, uh, I can do it now, now that I have the tools in my tool belt, but really my effort is helping focus on my clients and giving them permission to really navigate the minefields of fashion and really understanding that they have the confidence to honor their body architecture, to celebrate their natural coloring, to um, really make sure their personality is reflected by how they dress on the outside, the confidence to be real and be authentic and really be unapologetically themselves. And so that's really, that's, it, it aligns perfectly with what you all talk about in terms of the mid life journey. And it's, it's what we need to come to as women in, in that midlife space. But oftentimes we don't have the tools to do that with confidence. Right. I love that. I love that. So in, yeah. In terms of my journey, I um, have a background of public relations and marketing. I had worked in the nonprofit sectors and um, in the corporate realm, and I lost my mojo. I had two young children, I turned 40, and I just didn't have the confidence that I had before. And so this franchise called House of Color found me um, through online searches of trying to get my mojo back and figure out how to get dressed. I found this service and I was a client before I decided to buy the franchise. I definitely had put it out to the universe and I was dissatisfied in, the, in my corporate role um, and wanted something new. So I had been putting these feelers and thoughts out into the universe, looking for my next thing. And it just happened that my experience as a client um, with this service of image consulting was really something that propelled me to think about buying the franchise and then leveraging my PR and my marketing background to grow the franchise and to grow the brand in, wow. in Denver, where I'm located. That's incredible. <laughs> well, I think I heard you say that like someday you couldn't even get dressed um, no. and figuring out how to get dressed. And like, I, I just feel like that's so many of us, right? Like we wake up in the morning, it's like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to put these pants on today. And yet here you are, you switch careers and go off in a whole new direction. Like you put on the biggest pair of big girl pants ever <laughs> and changed your life. Like that is amazing to me. I think so many of us are in that position. What gave you the guts, the fortitude, the gumption to jump out and take that type of a leap in midlife? So I will say that dissatisfaction can definitely fuel your fire. It did for me. Um, questioning and wondering fueled my fire. Um, I think the confidence that I gained through being a client of House of Color then gave me the confidence to per pursue mm. um, this new endeavor. I would say the support of family and friends. I have a wonderful female tribe of supporters and cheerleaders that I um, have had for over 20 years that are incredible um, in terms of maybe giving me the confidence that I may not have had on my own. Um, my partner and my husband for 15 years also is an incredible cheerleader and supporter. Um, but I'll be honest that I did not 
jump into this full throttle. I baby stepped into it and then was pushed into it. Um, So to kind of further outline the story, I decided to buy the franchise, but I maintained my corporate PR role. I had had two children. And after I had my second, I negotiated to do three quarter time in that role. And so I thought, well, that'll take me down to maybe 40 or 50 hours a week that I work for this corporate right. Uh, gig, <laughs> right? Instead of 80. So I negotiated three quarter time. And then I decided I was going to buy the franchise. There were other franchise owners who also did it in a part-time capacity. And I thought, well, I could do this too in a part-time capacity and just kind of see where it goes. Um, And so I was very distinct and very honest with my employer. I said, I'm going to do this side endeavor. It's a passion project and it's not going to interfere with my work um, on the PR front. Um, And so I did that for a good six months, very separate time blocking, very separate technologies, very separate endeavors. There's a lot of crossover between PR and marketing and the personal branding that I do with the franchise, but I kept them very distinct. And so I thought I was going to keep them distinct for quite a while. Um, And it turns out that my transition from corporate, as maybe some other listeners could relate to, was less than graceful. Mm. It was not on my terms. Um, And um, I was essentially um, within six months of launching the franchise and doing it in the margins, I was fired. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I worked. It's hard for me to say that and to admit that because we all have our uh, different storylines. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, lots of people don't know that I was fired or that I was fired for cause after seven years of working for this company. Mm. But um, it was heart wrenching and gut wrenching and it completely deflated my confidence. Um, I, feel I worked for them for for seven years and um, had a very close relationship with the CEO. I was her second in command. Um, And I, you know, in reflecting back, I feel like I should have been treated with a lot more respect and dignity. It could have been a discussion. It could have been a mutual parting of ways. Instead, it really came out of the blue. It was ugly. It was heartbreaking. I had to really work through a lot of feelings of betrayal. Um, and uh, a, a sense of, of loss. Um, and then reflecting back, I had actually lost a lot of confidence in the CEO and in her role to move us forward. I had lost confidence in my professional role with that company. Um, I hadn't felt successful in a while, despite my determination, despite my skills, despite my, my commitment to the company. And so I ultimately was a scapegoat for the company's um, you know, failure to thrive and the company's flatlining. Um, And in hindsight, right, you can look back two years later, it's been. So I can look back and say, this released me to grow into this new opportunity. It released me to really focus in on this franchise growth um, without any obligation to a a prior employer. And it it turns out confidence and success have been abundant for me in this role over the last two years, but it was not to exactly to my orchestration (laughs) or my, my desires, but all's well that ends well, I suppose, but incredible. 
I always feel like when there is a door closed, even though you can't see it in that moment in time, that there is something waiting for you on the other side that is better, that is more abundant, that is better suited to who you are as a person. But still, I can't imagine what you must have been feeling in that moment, how heart-wrenching that must have been, knowing that you'd given blood, sweat, and tears for seven Uh years. That's such a long time. So tell us a little bit about how you then shifted your mindset, because again, that had to be a devastating blow. It sounds like it was. What did you do in that moment to shift your mindset and throw yourself into building this new franchise business? I think there's a lot of tools that I used. I got a counselor. I'd never done that before. That's good. Um, and that's, that's been huge for me. So um, being able to sort through all the emotions um, was, was tremendous. Um, I started doing more physical activity. Uh, I've always been a runner, but I got out and did more in, in terms of uh, training and running. And, and felt like I could get um, into a good mindset by being outside, by moving my body, um, by talking through it with a counselor. Um, and then I think that um, I just, I, I kind of get hyper-focused and I get obsessive about things. And so I allowed myself to get really obsessed with this business, with what other franchisers, what other franchise owners were doing that was helping propel their success with what the trends were, with what social media could do to grow my business, with how to do my, how to to provide my service in the very best way possible. Um, So sharpening the saw and the tools in that respect. So I just allowed myself to get hyper obsessed with really propelling the business forward. And so um, it was really fun to have that focus. Mm. Um, I definitely think that dealing with that betrayal, with that loss, um, it was a it was not an overnight thing. It has taken me, you know, I'm at the two year mark and I still I still have dreams and dialogue with this former colleague who fired me. I have, um, you know, I, I'll see things on LinkedIn that that just really kind of are triggering to me. Right. Um, I I I'm still I'm fully in this new chapter of my life, but there's still a residual from that prior chapter, and I guess it's coming to terms with that too. Yeah. What a smart choice to go through counseling and dig in. I'll tell you, honey, you are better than me because I'd have gone out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> like you, you and you, nobody can do their jobs up in here. This is the real problem. So um, this oh, is why the universe won't allow this to happen to me because I would just get too loud too quickly. Um, so kudos to you for being so graceful and for transitioning in such an amazing way. Um, It wasn't without tears. It wasn't without anger. It wasn't without me, you know, expressing lots of emotions, but probably more into a journal versus in person. (laughs) Right. Everybody's going to hear My background's PR, so I bite my tongue a lot. (laughs) And I I think about how to uh, position things in the right way. Right. Um, But yes, there was a rage and anger for sure. And, and rightfully so. Sure. Know. Rightfully so. But you took that and you channeled it in the right way and you've created something amazing. <laughs> um, and I would love to just jump in and, and really talk a little more about what you do and how, um, here's how I think about it. 
so many of us women, Shelby excluded from this because every time Shelby and I are on a conference call, I'm like, really? Like, it's just you and I, and you chose to dress up and put your full face of makeup and an amazing outfit on. I don't know what's happening. Literally right now, I'm wearing a gray, a gray sweatshirt, gray sweatpants, and my sweatshirt says, I'm not for everybody. That's what's printed on my chest right now. So um, choosing outfits and like thinking about how do I get up and, and make today great, even if I'm not feeling hundred percent or feeling like I want to tackle the day. I can only imagine that so much of that has to do with what we put on and how we choose to show up. I'm wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about that. So um, I had a girlfriend in college who got dressed up for final exams. Oh, and her mantra was dress well, test well. And I, <laughs> I like it. that. <laughs> I would wear my PJ pants. I would come in all disheveled. Um, and there's actually truth to it. Um, there's some research studies that show when you dress the part, you play the part better. Wow. And um, so I do think there is a lot of truth to this idea of putting your game face on, right? So um, feeling amazing in a great pair of shoes, wearing a sweater or a jacket or a top that you love, that you feel amazing in, putting on a little bit of lipstick to elevate your look and give yourself more visibility, add weight to your words. There's a lot of truth to that, mm. um, but it has to be done in a way that really feels authentic to you um, and feels real and right to you. Um, and it has to be, we dress both for others, but I would say we more dress for ourselves in terms of getting our energy level right and feeling like we're in the right mindset. Um, there's a difference that you feel when you, um, you know, studies say there's a difference in your problem solving, um, in your ability to get work done when you're, you know, dressed for the part versus when you're in your jammy pants. Um, and it's hard because we've gone through this global pandemic, right? So we don't have to wear, we can be business on the top right. and party on, on the bottom, right? We, um, Every day. Caster, right? Yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at the same time, we are staring at ourselves on Zoom more than ever before. And yeah. I think that is not a natural state to be in. Um, and so my business has flourished because people are quite frankly tired of looking at them themselves on zoom, tired of blending in, tired of not feeling their very best fatigued with all that this pandemic has thrown at us and both, you know, things like Botox and hair color and, um, facial treatments have just gone through the roof. Really? Um, yeah, because people are, um, seeing themselves in a different way. Um, we have this, this pressure of social media and this, this desire for perfection that comes through social media. Plus we've layered on all of this virtual meeting over the last, you know, year and a half in this pandemic. So, um, I give my clients a different set of tools. It's different from Botox, but it's the same idea of yeah. helping them have the tools to elevate and amplify their beauty. Um, yeah. It's I so interesting. Yeah. I love that idea of elevating and amplifying your own beauty. And I loved the way that you started this session off by saying, this is really about honoring your own body, your own yeah. self, your own personal style. So help us understand a little bit more how you go about doing that. How do you help 
women embrace who they are, embrace their body, give them permission to just sink into who they are and love themselves? How do you go about doing that? You have to peel back a lot of layers to that. Um, I think there are, there's body image that we, um, we just accumulate baggage around that over time. There's societal expectations and there's this quest for perfection out there. Um, There is also, as women, a message that we get continually. Either we are too much, yeah, I need to turn it down, Mm -hmm. or we are not enough Mm -hmm. and we need to do or be more. And so really the root of the work that I do with House of Color and the franchise is a celebration of people's natural personalities, their natural coloring, their natural body architecture, and the structure to their body and their proportion and balance. And so it really ends up being a two-part pro- two-part process. The first is color analysis and assessment. And I show people the colors that make their skin glow, their eyes sparkle, um, make them um, look young and fresh and visible. Um, oftentimes colors can be really um, aggressive and we don't see people. We see the color instead that they're wearing. And mm-hmm. so I find the colors that in great with people and bring them to light and make them the leading lady or the leading gentleman. Um, Colors, believe it or not, can bring discoloration into your face. So um, you may have tried on a shirt in the dressing room and you've thought, oh, is it the fluorescent lights? Or maybe do I just need a tan? Or um, do I actually look a little bit sallow in this color? Or do I look a little bit clinical, like the air has gone out of the room? And so I show people colors that work really well for them and colors that don't work as well for them. And so that then is reflected in their makeup and their hair color, their accessories. Um, and it gives them that permission to step forward with confidence and be really visible. And it brings them clarity in terms of how they shop. So there's a color component and then there's a style component. And the style is really based off of how you create balance and proportion with what you were given. Um, so it's unpacking all of those things we have added to our emotional baggage as women over the years. My booty's too big. My mm. stomach has mm-hmm. a muff. I have a muffin top. My breasts are never going to be the way they were when I was 20. Um, I, I have long arms, um, you know, just weird things. We just, it's trickery of the eye um, and where things hit you, where hems hit you, where you can create a waist, uh, where your stripes should be, where the pattern should be, how big the scale should be. It's all of these little tricks and tips that professionals oftentimes invest in, but that are available to everyday people. Um, superstars and the, the rich and the famous um, invest in stylists, but this is a, a stylist for the masses um, and helping them understand how to create proportion and balance and then how to honor who they are on the inside. So it's permission to step into who you actually are, your personality and how that's reflected through what you wear externally. So that's some of the the work that I get to do that is just so rewarding, so fun, and so life-giving for me and for the clients that I serve. Okay. So here's what really resonated with me, right? The booty comment? Yes. (laughs) How did you know? How did you know? 
literally is my butt that big that you can literally see it through a podcast is that what's happening over here um because yes my name is big booty judy this is who i am like so let let's try this on for size no pun intended what do you say to us big booty girls Mm -hmm. who are like we want to be out there. Yes, I'm still fun. You can tell I'm loud. I have zero filters, you know, so I am one of those people that will come into the room and take up all of the air. And then I when I, when I'm wearing clothes that are showing all of my curves, which 99% of the time I am because my curves don't lie. Right. Like, what do you what do you say to women with these really curvaceous bodies, big booties that everything I put on looks like I'm trying to be in a sex show contest. Like literally this is my life. And I have to think about that when I go into a professional environment, how I show up, but everything shows up. So a couple of things, oftentimes women who are really curvy and really voluptuous, they try to hide it. So they end up creating visual bulk. So instead of fitting, finding clothes that are really fitted to them and show those curves, they end up looking boxy because Mm -hmm. they put things on to kind of hide or they mistakenly put things on that accentuate further. So if you've got natural accessories, you shouldn't be wearing a shirt with really big pockets across the front. That's adding visual bulk and it's adding attention. If you um, have natural accessories in the chest area, you probably should not be wearing a really high neck top because it is going to create kind of wall of boobs. Um, You (laughs) probably don't want to do stripes horizontally because Uh that is again, creating, you know, more girth and more width that, that already exists there. So there's lots of tricks to the eye in terms of how to embrace your natural curves or lack of curves. And then the work that we do is based off of the archetypes of Carl Jung. So they are the characters that you see play out in movie, in theater, in fairy tales. You have the romantic, who's like the fairy godmother, very nurturing. Mm -hmm. You have the dramatic, who's very angular. Um, You have the princess, the ingenue, who's very petite and delicate. Mm. And so if you are, you know, you understand your archetype based off of your personality and how you reflect that in the scale of the pattern that you wear, in the cut of the clothing that you wear, so that you're not hiding behind the clothes. You can own who you are and feel good about it. And then we talk to you about, okay, how does that personality play out in a business environment where there might be an expectation of more structure, Mm -hmm. of more um, conservative nature. And then how does that play out when you go out on a date or when you are out with girlfriends or having brunch or going to yoga? So I love that we take a look at the personality of the client and we also look at their lifestyle and we look at the societal norms, because unfortunately there are societal norms that we have to contend with, right? So the words that you're saying make up about 30% of the message that you send, but the nonverbal communication, and you know this, is 70% of the message. So your eye contact, your handshake, your body um, uh, posture, your the way you carry yourself, and then what you dress your body in are sending a nonverbal message. 
And so what is that nonverbal message that you want to send and how do we make sure it's really consistent throughout all different parts of your life? So that is the work that I get to do as a stylist is helping people come to terms with that and really feel confident in that. So kind of a long answer to the booty, bootylicious question. <laughs> does, that, does that give you some insight though? Of, and no, of- it absolutely does. Um, I think, and I think as women, you know, obviously we've, I would say, I can't say all, but I would say mostly of most of us have, have received some sort of comments about what we're wearing or, yeah. um, you know, like I'll, I'll never forget. I was on a, um, a client engagement and there was a team of us and, um, we were facilitating a really large event for this client. And I was wearing, um, a dress long sleeve went down to my knees. It, it wasn't form fitting. It's not like it was a body contouring dress by any stretch of the imagination. It was probably a little closer to a wrap dress. And, um, around lunchtime, one of my male coworkers said to me, Trinity, I really like your dress. I was like, thank you very much. I'd received a number of compliments on it that day. I was feeling really great about it. You know, my client was like, great dress. Where'd you get it? And I was like, girl, let me tell you. So it was feeling really good. And I felt such a boost in my confidence behind that. But after he gave me his compliment, his follow-up message to me was, your dress really enhances your heritage. Okay. Yeah. As a um, half black, half white woman, I knew exactly which heritage he was referring to. (laughs) And I was so dumbstruck, right? I just sat there. I just sat there in complete and utter disbelief. This was not the time to burn the house Because here's a racist, misogynistic comment in a professional environment. All of the things thrown into it. All of the things. And while I handled it with grace in that moment, what I noticed was I spent the rest of the day without the confidence that I'd had before lunch, feeling very self-conscious. And to me, it affected my performance. And it was just this direct connection between what I was wearing, even though I had received probably three or four compliments from women, which we all know compliments from women hold 10 times more weight oh, and value, right? Right. <laughs> right. I'm like, girl, you like this? I must his, look good. His yeah. comment should not have held any weight. I mean, not, look at hindsight's right. 2020. But and it diminished yeah. me. It diminished yeah. me mm-hmm. in that moment. Um, and so I just, I think that's so powerful, the work that you do in, in helping us to understand who we are, what we're working with, how we want to show up, um, so that we really can perform our best, whatever that is for the day. And it's so unfortunate that it is a double standard. Okay. We know we're hardwired as humans to judge people by how they look. Um, you know, we judge books by their covers. We judge houses by their curb appeal. We are hardwired to look at people before they even open their mouths and come up with all sorts of information about their, our perception of their social status, their intellect, their personality, all of those things. So if you have, that's not going to change. That's how we're wired as humans. 
Then you layer on the cultural context. Unfortunately, as women, we're going to be judged more than as men. It is just the societal double standard. And yeah. I believe me, I, I mean, I, I'm on, I've been on nonprofit boards for, you know, girls serving organizations, helping them be strong, smart and bold. I'm a big advocate for equal opportunity. I, I am very against this misogynistic tendencies at the same time. I think it's the reality we live in that we are judged as people and judged even more as women. So if yeah. I can equip my clients to have the confidence to ignore that commentary um, or to to put no weight into those mm -hmm. sorts of negative comments that are completely inappropriate and out of place and to feel confident in stepping into who they are and being visible, being truly energetic, authentic and 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 true to themselves. I I mean, that is, that's a great gift. And there's no better time to step into that, I think, than in midlife. Yes. I mean, it's, it's time to stop being, I feel like our twenties and thirties and even early forties are kind of just figuring it out. And it's, yeah. it feels like there's a new level of, this is me. Uh, th this is me, take it or leave it. Um, yes, I'm going to, um, you know, package it up a little bit differently, but I am me and I am going to be true to me. I feel like we really come into that in our 40s and 50s and beyond. I could not agree more. I feel like so many people in our audience are feeling that. I mean, I know that I feel that way right now. It's almost like, you know what I joke? Because my dad is lives next door and he's 73. And I think he's even reached that place where he just doesn't care what anybody thinks, what anybody has to say about him. You know, you. I think as you age, you do evolve this mindset where you do gain a little bit of confidence in who you are as a person and what are your values. You know, you've had a lot of life experience that have contributed that, to that mindset. But, you know, I do agree with you also that there is so much that we can do and that we can control that will help contribute to that mindset and take us to another level in terms of, you know, that level of confidence in the way that we present ourselves. And so my, I guess my question to you is where do we start? I'm, I'm actually sitting in my closet right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great place from an audio standpoint, right? right it exactly. gives you a little I'm, bit of muffle mm -hmm. exactly. and you're like, where do I start? Right. Oh, I'm sitting here looking at this tremendous wardrobe that, thank goodness, my mother <laughs> loves to dress me. I'm like her human Barbie doll, but I have this, this amazing wardrobe of clothes. But then I'm looking at a lot of these things thinking, you know, is this the start? right thing to give me the confidence? Yeah. I'm actually looking at this chartreuse jacket right now. And I know Trinity shared a professional story, but I showed up to work one day in this chartreuse jacket and the, there was a photographer there that they had hired that day to do headshots for us. So I have a headshot that was taken in the chartreuse jacket. And as I look at those headshots, I think, ugh, I just look washed out. My hair <laughs> color almost blends in with the chartreuse of the jacket. And it was just the wrong outfit to show up to that day. And I'm sitting here looking at that jacket going, now what do I do with it? <laughs> right. right. How, where do I get started and how do I start evolving my wardrobe and evolving my style to a style that really gives me that confidence that yes. you're talking about? Yes. So I have a couple of suggestions, <laughs> a couple of questions you can ask in terms of looking at your wardrobe. I also think that um, the caveat here is 
there's a balance in midlife between like, you're like, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do what I do. And sometimes women go invisible. Mm. And so I want you to move forward with confidence versus kind of fading into the ether. If you look around, oftentimes women in their thirties in their forties, fifties, sixties go invisible. They, they kind of start wearing neutrals or they start wearing a lot of black. They stop wearing makeup. They kind of go muted and they go, um, you don't see them as much. And so my goal is always to help people feel and act more visible versus that disappearing act that can happen. Um, it's the time to step into the, the spotlight, step into the limelight. In terms of your closet, Shelby, you're so not alone because we as women have closets that are packed to the gills, but yet we have nothing to wear. Right. right. Like you can relate to that. You're Every like, day. I have, I, you know, we shop like it's going out of style. Um, retail has had a rough couple of years. And so everything's on sale. Keep in mind when it's on sale, it's because nobody else wanted to buy it. And so, <laughs> you know, like there's a reason it's on sale. Um, but we, we have fast fashion. We have tons of access to retail. We, we shop without any sort of game plan, without any sort of discernment. We shop emotionally. And so we have closets where we wear about 15% of what's in our closet on repeat. We pull the same things out oh, and true. we can't see the forest through the trees, right? Our closets are packed. And we don't necessarily have the clothes for our lifestyle. So I think, you know, I've got a few questions you can ask and that your, your listeners can ask in terms of looking at your closet. So um, I give my clients this as a kind of five, five questions to ask um, in their closets. And so and I encourage them to pour a glass of wine or to pour a cup of tea, turn on some awesome music, set aside some time and spend time in their closets going through what they have and give themselves a ton of grace because they have probably spent hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on clothing that doesn't suit them. And it's because of the method of retail. Retail sows seeds of dissatisfaction and forces you to keep buying more and more and more. And things don't quite fit right. They don't quite look right. They're not quite the right color. So obviously my services help with clients having the discernment around that, but you can still look at your closet and ask yourself these questions. You can ask, does it fit me right now? Not when I gain or lose weight. Like there's nothing more motivational than having something in your closet that does not fit you. It's not going to make you go out and work out harder. It's actually going to start your day in a piss poor way where you're like, oh, geez, these jeans still don't fit. So get (laughs) rid of anything that doesn't fit you right now. Do you have clothes in your closet that don't fit you right now? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to eventually wear them, awesome. Put them in a box, put them in the garage, put them in the basement, put them under your bed, but don't have them hanging in front of you to look at every day. Okay. So first question, does it fit me right now? Second question, is it in a great color? Mm. A color that you know makes you look visible, healthy, vibrant, makes you really look amazing. And obviously I can 
do that work in terms of a color analysis. I have a hundred colleagues around the country who own the same franchise who do the work in person and help people understand their best colors. Um, so is it in an awesome color? We tend to default to a lot of neutrals, but there's actually no such thing as a neutral. Every color is making you look more or less visible, healthy, vibrant. And we have lots of black in our closets. Yes. Women say like 80% of their closet is black. Um, black is tricky. It can be really draining. It can pull a lot of light, a lot of color. It can make people look like they're in the funeral instead of going to the funeral. <laughs> wow. Right. <laughs> so that's the second question. Is it in a great color? Next, does it play well with others? Um, kind of like you do a performance review uh, professionally. I encourage you to do a performance review of what's in your closet and think about, does it work well with others? Does it play well with others? Um, and I tell clients not to invite strangers in that go with nothing. Because the whole point is a closet with lots of versatility where things mix and match and you don't have that much, but they play really well together and you can come up with lots of fun combinations. So if it doesn't coordinate with anything and you have nothing to wear it with, what is it doing in your closet? Mm -hmm. And we end up with a lot of like sloppy seconds where people are like, this doesn't work for me, but maybe it will for you. Um, so be careful of those sloppy seconds as well. The next one, is it authentic to you? So do you feel good when you put it on? Do you feel like it sends the message you want to send? Um, does it support um, who you are on the inside and help reflect that externally? Um, we get a lot of fashion versus style. And so my work comes to not just what is the cut du jour and what is the item du jour and what is the, the trend, but what is true to you in the long term, in terms of your, your style, what mm -hmm. does it reflect about you? So that's the fourth question. And then the final question is give it a rating on a scale of one to 10. How would you rate it? Do you love it? Do you feel amazing in it? Is it in great condition? How would you rate it on a scale of one to 10? And if you're putting something on your body and wearing it to start your day and you would give it a three, a four or a five, what does that say about you in terms of honoring yourself, the work that you do, the energy you need to bring to whatever you're engaging in? If you put on something that you would rate as a three, I'm just going to have a three day in this three. Wow. So yeah. you should have things that are seven, eight, nine, or 10 that you absolutely love that you just, you're like clamoring to put on. And is it because it's velvet and it feels luxurious or is it because it's been tailored and it fits your waist perfectly? Or is it because it has a sentimental connection and somebody you love gave it to you? Those are all great reasons to keep clothing, but because you got it on sale um, <laughs> and because you thought you'd wear it to that brunch, you never go to, <laughs> there's no right. reason it should be in your closet, distracting you from, from what you really love. And obviously the work that I do with style helps people get permission to really understand what they could love and would love and what they need in their closet. But those are some starting points. We have so many clothes, you know, there's landfills across the world that are filled with American clothes that wow. we discard because we just can't get enough with retail therapy. 
I do a lot with my clients to explain and help them understand why they shop the way they shop and how to completely change how they shop. We do not shop well. We shop emotionally and we shop without lists and without an idea of what we're looking for. Um, so there's a lot of work to be unpacked in that area too. Does that help a little bit, Shelby? As you oh my goodness, that helps a lot. And now I have the, now that you're saying we don't even shop in the right way, I'm also curious to know what tips and tricks you have in terms of what we should be shopping for and how we should be shopping as we yeah. do step out. Now that we've yeah. cleaned out our closets and we have literally nothing left. <laughs> Hopefully you have a few things. Uh, right. A few things. And um, I can only imagine in this new day and age where it's like, I mean, do we even really shop anymore? Honestly. No. Right. Like I'm Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix right. like picks out my clothes for me like it's my mother and, and says wear this today. <laughs> Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, So we don't need as much and we don't need to spend time going to malls and and shopping and walking around socially, right? There's other things we can do with our time. Um, So yes, once to your question, Shelby, once you call through and you have an idea of what is actually in your closet that you would wear, that you love, um, that you have use for, the next thing is, how do you spend your time? Do you, you need to think about how you spend your time um, and what sort of activities your life entails so that you have the things for how you spend your time. So if you're in a season of going to lots of parties and weddings and doing lots of travel and going into a corporate office and giving presentations, then you need clothes for that. If you're in a season of chasing around um, toddlers, I'm not in the toddler season still, but I'm in the preschool and school age realm. So if you're in the season of doing lots of yoga and endurance activities and um, working remotely, you need different clothes for those activities. So you have to kind of take stock of what's in your closet, take stock of how you spend your time. And then you need to kind of have a list of where the gaps are. What do you need? So instead of you going shopping and retail telling you what to buy, you go shopping with the list of what you're looking for. Same way, you know, you go to Home Depot with your list of what you need for your home improvement project. You don't just go willy nilly, buy some tools and some lumber, right? (laughs) Um, Same way you go to the grocery store with a list of what you're going to have for your holidays or for brunch or for an event. And you buy the items for the recipes instead of just buying a bunch of random stuff and hoping that it makes a souffle. (laughs) But we do that all the time when we go shopping. And then we shop um, emotionally. So we buy things that maybe will fit after we lose weight or that maybe look beautiful on the hanger, but um, we, we don't shop in a logical way. Um, thinking about what we need, where the gaps are in our closet or what events we need to go to or what outfits or combinations we're trying to put together. Mm-hmm. So, and we also shop kind of to fill some emotional voids, right? Um, online shopping's gone through the roof in the pandemic. Oh yeah. We drink, we drink and shop online yep. now. Yeah. Right? That's, this is my pastime. This is my right? pastime. It's a we should have, right? It's a good strategy these days. <laughs> yeah. So this is how I've got the sweatshirt I'm wearing right now. Right. Yeah, I'm not for everyone's sweatshirt came from drinking and shopping. I, right. Not a good so idea. It's hard to have that discernment when you're drinking and shopping, right? Right. Or maybe we shop with friends, um, back, 
pre-pandemic, we would go with friends and maybe they would influence us and we would buy things that were in their style, but not necessarily in our style. Right. So there's a lot of landmines, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then you layer on aging to that. So you're like, can I get away with this? Um, yes. Can I shop where I used to shop? Um, it's forever 21, not in my repertory. Uh, <laughs> my niece makes me go there with her. And so this is my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of ways that we can get it wrong. And a lot of ways that I try to instill a different level of confidence in my clients. <laughs> I think that's a big one. You know, I just turned 50 and I pretty much dress like I'm somewhere in my thirties. I don't know exactly which part of my thirties, but I'm, I would say that's where I am. And, and then I ask myself, is there a point that this is no longer appropriate? Should what, what does a 50 year old woman dress? Like I have no idea. These are hard dress with you dress in a way that feels authentic to you and helps you feel vibrant and energetic and true to who you are on the inside, regardless of the number um, on your driver's license. Right. And regardless of the age um, and regardless of the size of the item and regardless of the the number on the scale, um, none of those things matter. It's about who you feel and who you are and feeling comfortable in your skin. We've arrived at the middle age. And so that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that for me, understanding my best colors, realizing my personal style and kind of the personality archetypes that I, um, that I gravitate to and how that plays out in terms of what I wear has been freeing and liberating. So it's given me the permission to step into who I really am and feel more authentic about what I wear. So I like a little glitter and a little sparkle. (laughs) I like a little bit of a a skirt with a kick and some feminine detail. I like to have some lip gloss. I like a little bit of, you know, I love a French manicure. I love um, to have, I've embraced my natural curls. These are all things that I never necessarily did or felt comfortable doing um, at an earlier age and stage. But I think that the style work that I do with my clients that I've been able to do personally has helped me feel more like just have that permission to step into who I I really am. Yes. Yeah. That's a superpower, honey. (laughs) That is a superpower. Thank you for sharing that. It's something everyone should have, you know, that confidence. It's funny how I definitely struggled with confidence after losing my my career and my identity that was tied into PR and corporate work and the irony that I get to help people feel more confident through the work I do now. Yes. It's funny that way. Funny how life takes you on these journeys. It certainly does. (laughs) It certainly does, but it's definitely opened you up to be able to share an even greater gift with the world, with women like us that are in this space in midlife and figuring out who we want to be now when we grow up and, and our style and the way we feel about ourselves is so much a piece of that. And, um, it's, it's just amazing that you get to do that work and be that sort of a cheerleader for women. You know, we, it's, it's never too too late. You're never too old. If you haven't figured it out because you didn't have a mother or sister or best friend who told you how to get dressed every day, there's, there's a way to figure it out. Um, and you know, it's, it's never too late. And there's, 
you deserve to be visible, to be confident, to be authentic to who you are. And there's, there's a lot of baggage that we've accumulated over the years that we need to release to mm. um, baggage about body image, baggage about not being worth it um, in terms of the investment in ourselves, not being um, able to be we, like, we shouldn't be visible. We shouldn't be um, big and loud and proud. And, and there, there's a lot to unpack there that I think we're, we're all getting to work on. I think this pandemic has led us a, a lot of us down that path. So too. true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I love it. I love that you get to empower women to let go of some of that baggage into really feel good with who they are. And I, I love that you said, regardless of the size, just live into your authentic self. And I just think that's such a special gift that you have. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. We appreciate it. Yes. And so that said, I know that you said that House of Color is a franchise and mm -hmm. that you are based in the Denver area, but that there are several other House of Color representatives across the country that could be helping to serve women regardless of where they live. But tell us where we can find you and how we can tap into some of this great advice that you have for our sure. audience. So Thank you. So I am in Denver. I own the House of Color franchise here and have done it for two over over two years, um, two and a half, almost three. Um, House of Color is based in the UK and has operated as a franchise for 35 years wow. and kind of grew accidentally in the US. Someone in the US went to the UK for a business conference. And at the end of the week with all of her colleagues, she was like, what is it that you all have? You're like confident in your own skin. You look amazing, but you look effortless. What is this? Right. <laughs> and of course I can't do a British accent, but you know, the, the <laughs> colleagues were like, it's house of color, my darling. Yeah. And so um, I'm terrible. Shelby's the accent one. Um, you know, so it's house of color. You must discover it. So um, she went and she experienced it and then she brought it stateside. So it has grown totally accidentally, um, mostly kind of in the Midwest. But right now, when I started, there were less than 20 franchise owners and associates. Now there's a hundred around oh, the wow. country. Yeah. And um, we have all had a amazing world-class training for style, for color. We do personal shopping for clients. We help with wardrobe assessments. Um, we give, we basically deal in the currency of confidence. And so I'm in Denver. You can find me on all the social media realms as Heather Hope, House of Color, spelled the British way. Yeah. And you can find all of my colleagues around the country too. And we are, uh, we all do our work in the same vein of just really helping our clients feel confident, feel visible and feel amazing in their own skin. That's awesome. Do you do this virtually or is it yeah, in person? Question. So the work that I do with color has to be done in person. Okay. Um, okay. It re requires natural light. I use 144 precision dyed silks that are drapes and I help reveal the best colors for you. It's very personalized and very, um, you know, done in person, but the virtual component of my work is style. So mm -hmm. the franchise has pivoted so that we can do it virtually. And we have this beautiful style book we mail to clients and I, you know, help you with all the tips and the tricks. And it's a five hour class that I wow. can do from the comfort of your own closets or your own home. <laughs> and I divide it up into three parts. Um, and I do it with a couple of, you can do it with girlfriends or sisters or friends from across the country um, at the time that works for you. And it is a, such an, a, one, a wonderful way to really um, 
get a much better handle on what's in your closet and how you're getting dressed every day. We spend a lot of time getting dressed unless you're in a nudist colony. You've got to get dressed in some way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which might be, might be my next, next venture. That might be your next step, right? Right. Um, Right. Hey, what else is there to do in midlife? Right. (laughs) Take all your clothes off and you you could go that route. Um, (laughs) Yes. So I love my 48 year old body is better clothed. Let me just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Nudist colony is not always an option for all of us. So if you're not going to go that route, I'd be happy to help you and do this virtually. I love that. Shelby, that would be fun. That would be something we could do together. We could. Yes. <laughs> not nice not the nudist trip. colony. I'm actually talking about the style class. Right. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I love you, but I'm not sure I love you that much. <laughs> oh, Heather, that. thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I have just loved the conversation. I've loved your tips and tricks. And I just can't share, wait to share your voice with our audience. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, ladies. It was my pleasure. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, mm-hmm. Heather. Thank you so much to our guest today, Heather Hope, who is a personal image consultant and franchise owner with House of Color. Heather shared with us some amazing insights on how we can all refresh our wardrobes so we can show up as our best selves each and every day. Some of the lessons that we learned today were that confidence comes with both color and style. So find those colors that make you feel and look vibrant and the styles that feel authentic to you. Next, I was surprised to find that we wear just about 15% of what's in our current wardrobe. So the next time you step into your closet and you want to refresh and revamp your wardrobe, you can ask yourself these five key questions. Number one, does this piece of clothing fit me right now? Too many of us have things in our wardrobe that are either too large or too small. Number two, is it in a great color? Again, remember to find colors that make you look healthy and feel vibrant. Number three, does it play well with others? The key to expanding your wardrobe is to find key pieces that actually work well with other pieces in your wardrobe. Number four, is it authentic to you? Does it feel good? Does it represent who you want to present yourself to the world as and how you feel as an individual? And number five, how would you rate it on a scale from one to 10? Too many of us go about our days wearing outfits that we would only rate a three. And finally, if you have to shop, make sure that you shop with a list. Know what you need and what your lifestyle demands and shop with intention. Too many of us go out there blindly and just buy for the sake of buying. If you go out there and shop with intention, then you'll be able to fashion a wardrobe that will help you look and feel your authentic and best self. Thanks again to Heather Hope for all these wise tips. And if you want to locate Heather, you can find her at Heather Hope House of Color. Thanks, Heather. 